here and it is time for Bible study live with Matt today we're going to talk about what it means to be willing and our desire to accept things and how much of an impact that actually has on our spiritual journey so we're gonna get started uh, and let's count it down right now All right, all right. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Listen, a uh, couple of things I want to run through like I do at the beginning of every single one of these. I uh, want to remind you all that um, if you're watching on facebook.com forward slash one moment away or youtube.com forward slash Jesus way, I can see your comments during the live. If you're watching just on my personal Facebook profile or in a group or something like that, I won't be able to see your comments live, but I will reply to them all afterwards, I promise. So thank you to all of you who watch this live, and thank you to all of you who watch it after the fact. I appreciate you. Second thing is this, I don't expect you to think how I think. This Bible study live, the reason I started doing this is, um, it's like the video version of my podcast. My whole goal is to create conversation, not feelings of condemnation. So it's all about conversation, not condemnation. I wanna encourage you, I want my words, I pray every day that my words would be an encouragement that would draw you into the Bible. Even if you think I'm wrong, so that you can dig in and wrestle and, and draw closer to God, listen to his Holy Spirit speak to you. So uh, I just, I appreciate every single one of you that watches this live or after the fact. And one last thing that I always forget to do, but I'm going to ask you right now, please share this out. Please share this. Listen, uh, if you're somebody who is a, a believer in, in God and Jesus, um, I promise you that nothing I say here is going to drive your friends who don't away. If anything, it will make them go, huh. It's not the Jesus maybe I heard about growing up. And hopefully it'll be an encouragement to them to say, hey, I want to know this love that Jesus has for me. All right, last but not least, before we dig into the verses, uh, look at all this stuff over here. A couple things. One, um, the YouTube channel I already told you about, you can go subscribe there, youtube.com forward slash Jesus way. I would love it if you'd subscribe. It would be a big help to me. And so if you find value in this, please help me out and subscribe. Next thing, uh, church. What is that? Dara and I are passionate about helping people get in the Bible and feel safe and comfortable wrestling with questions that they have. And we really feel this calling that God's put in our lives to start a house church ministry. That means a couple things. If you've ever been part of a connect group, small group, life group, whatever they're called at a church you may be experienced, those are typically like smaller environments where somebody will spend a few minutes breaking down something in the Bible and then you wrestle with and discuss how does it apply to life today? What did it mean then? What does it mean now? Well, we really feel like the church, all of us, we should function the same way. It should be a safe place to ask questions and wrestle. So uh, what we're kicking off is we're gonna do that small group in our home and online. Uh, and so what we'll provide is the, 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 here's the Bible breakdown. We'll provide some questions uh, for you to wrestle with. And what we want to try and equip people to do is open their home, invite their friends in, whether their friends go to church or their friends go, hey, I'd never walk in a church, but I would like to wrestle with and ask questions about this Bible stuff. So we want to provide that free, of course, 
to anyone who wants to open their home and be part of that kind of experience. So if that's you, uh, if you're interested in going, man, I'd love to, to figure out what this house church looks like. It's going to be like an evening deal. So it doesn't interfere with your regular Sunday worship gathering, stuff like that. So if you want to learn more, head over to besaltandlight.church, drop your name in the email, uh, or excuse me, drop your name in the little thing there. And then we'll send you email updates uh, about that. Okay. Um, Next thing, if you need prayer, you can also do like send a prayer request on the site or you can email it to matt at besaltandlight.church. That being said, all the get started are, are out of the way. So today, let's talk about uh, a little piece of scripture that yesterday as we were wrestling through Matthew 11, uh, man, it just it just like jumped right past my, my brain. But I was rereading this last night before bed and then I was rereading again, again this morning and a sentence that Jesus said, said, just stood out to me so loud and clear. I said, this has got to be what I wrestle with this morning on my daily Bible study. And, uh, and so I want to invite you into the ring, into the wrestling ring to wrestle with this with me. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen and uh, I'm going to reread part of what we were looking at yesterday. Uh, there we go. Guess you didn't need to see my Apple backdrop there. Um, so yesterday we were talking about, uh, what John, and the CSB calls it John the Baptist doubts. I hate when they put those headers there because those are not in scripture, just so you know. But it talked about when Jesus finished, you know, giving his instructions to the 12, he moved from there to preach and teach and he went uh, and, and was talking about preaching in their own towns. And then John's disciples came to him and asked, hey, uh, John sent us to ask, are you the one? And Jesus then quotes scripture and, and says, um, or he points to scripture and says, go report to John what you hear and see, right? The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those with leprosy have been cleaned, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor are told the good news, and the blessed uh, and blessed is the one who is offended by me. So Jesus basically was saying, uh, go back and remind John, like all the stuff that he's been preaching has been seen, yeah, in the gut, right? And then Jesus intentionally starts talking about something important, right? And, uh, and he points again back to something in the scriptures. As the men began to leave, um, he starts calling out to the crowd, right? What, what did you guys expect to see? What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed swaying in the wind? What, what then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothes? See, those who wear soft clothes are, clothes are in royal places. And what did you go out to see? A prophet? Ah, yes. I tell you more than a prophet. Now I'm going to pause here before we get to what I'm like, what I've got highlighted that I'm really just zoomed in on today. But this stood out because Jesus basically is saying, when you, when you went out to see John the baptizer, what was your intention when you went there? Let's just pause right there. When you jump in and look at like at these daily Bible studies with me, when you if you walk in a church, if you go to a connect group, a small group, if you go to have an interaction with a person, what, what, what expectations are you bringing in when you go into the situation? Because what we expect, like the mindset we have, if I go to a church and I go, I'm going in and I'm expecting to hear some condemnation stuff, chances are I will find a way to find that. But also, I'm just going to own it and be honest and say, the reality is a lot of the, a lot of times, eh, I won't say a lot. The reality is there are times, and uh, I hear story after story, and I've experienced it myself, where people do walk in the church, 
and they're hearing the, you know, hellfire and brimstone and not the love of God, right? So, um, but, but Jesus points out something really important here in the scriptures. And he says, what did you expect? Did you go expect, like, did you expect a prophet to look like royalty, right? Did, when you went to see John, did you expect some kingly looking dude? Uh, when, when you went out there, uh, did you expect to see a prophet, right? Did you expect somebody wishy-washy? Did you expect a powerful king or did you expect a prophet? And he says, yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom this is written. So Jesus acknowledges John, right, who John is by saying, see, I'm sending a messenger ahead of you. He will prepare, prepare your way for you. It's from Malachi 3.1. Okay, so if you want to go back and read Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, that's what Jesus is quoting there. Um, some scholars always say when Jesus opens his mouth, he's always pointing to something in, in uh, the Tanakh, the Old Testament, as we call it. Um, but in the law and the prophets, Torah, and then the rest of the Old Testament books, that Jesus is always pointing to something. Remember, Jesus was a rabbi, Jewish rabbi. And the way they taught, they always had the remez, the, the hidden meaning to go and find. We talked about that a little bit yesterday when Jesus said, you know, thank you, God, that you hide this from the know-it-alls. Uh, what he was really saying, though, later when he said, look, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, he was even talking to the know-it-alls saying, there is something hidden in this message, and if you want it, you can find it. And that brings us to today. So still in Matthew 11, actually still in part of that same part we, we studied yesterday. But Jesus goes, truly I tell you, those born among women, uh, of those born among women, uh, born of women, no one greater than John the Baptist has appeared. And uh, I love clicking on these to see the nifty little footnotes. Arisen is another word. But the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he for the days from, uh, from the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence or has been forcefully advancing. Now, let's just talk about those words. Kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, suffering violence. It says, and the violent have been seized by, uh, have been seizing it by force. Jesus has been given this whole message about people trying to force their way into heaven. He's been... He's been wrestling, causing them to wrestle with a lot of things. And a lot of the teaching back then was do this, do that, do this, do that. And that's how you earn favor with God. That's forcefully advancing the kingdom, right? Like trying to scare people into, into church, right? If you don't go to church, you're going to burn in hell. It would be an example of trying to forcefully advance the kingdom. Now I've heard people go, no, if I love somebody and I know they're walking into a fire, I'm going to yell and scream that there's a fire comes across a little differently, just to be fair. So I'm going to challenge you to open your thoughts about that for a moment and look at what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, from that time until now, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence and the violent have been seizing it by force. People have been trying to force their way into getting people to do the right stuff to know God. But then he says this, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And here's the clincher. And if you're willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who is to come. And if you're willing to accept it. So there's two things I want to touch on here this morning. And then we're going to wrap up. He says that if you're willing to accept it, why would he say that? Why wouldn't he just say, this is the, this is the one. This is the one of Malachi, see? Because he already said that this is the one whom is written. Why wouldn't he leave it there? 
He spoke with Shmiha, with the authority, right? John the baptizer gave him authority. God gave him authority back in those days for a rabbi to teach outside of what the, the current yokes were from the major rabbis was Gamaliel, hello, whatever. The two big rabbi guys, outside of them, for someone to teach with the type of authority to interpret scripture, they had to uh, have shmiha, meaning uh, two authoritative folks recognized with authority had laid hands on them and given them authority. Uh, and Jesus did have those two. When he told John, no, this baptism needs to happen. You need to do this. That was one when the spirit descended on him and God said, this is my son who, with whom I'm well pleased. That was God also. So that would be recognized by those who truly knew the authority in the scripture. So here's Jesus who had all the shmicha, all the authority. He said, this is the one about whom it is written. And then he quotes Malachi. So he could have left it there, but he doesn't. He goes on giving John like some props. And then he says, and if you're willing to accept it. See, Jesus says something so profound here that often I wrestle with this because often I think I miss this. We miss this as Christians. And, and I want to really ask you to zoom in on this with me. Often we think because the Bible says so, you should get it. And here's the thing. The Bible is the inspired word of God. It is authoritative. But that doesn't just mean someone's going to get it. Jesus is saying right here, if you're willing to accept it, he's the Elijah to come. He's saying, he said earlier, he starts by going, what did you expect when you walked in? What did you hope to encounter in this moment? When you went out to see John, what was your expectation? Then he says later, if you're willing to accept it, he's that guy that's, that you've been waiting for to give you the sign of, but here's the best part. Notice, Jesus doesn't go on to go. He doesn't point out right here, um, I'm that guy. By, by talking about who John is, he's letting them know, and I'm the Messiah you've been waiting for. So this is very powerful because when Jesus was talking to them, text in context, people at a specific time who had been going out to see John, and John is saying, make way. Right? Make way. He's preparing the way for the Lord. Right? This is the guy whose sandals I'm not even worthy to tie. John has been saying, Messiah's coming. He's greater than me. He's coming. He's coming. And then Jesus there, and he's like, that's the guy. So Jesus is now pointing back and going, remember Malachi said to watch for this? John's that guy. And But then he doesn't leave it there. He goes, and if you're willing to accept it, if you're willing to accept it, he's that guy. See, here's the thing. Uh, even though something is truth, we still have to decide if we're going to believe it or not. You know, I talk about when I became a believer and many people that I know now, they didn't know me when, uh, when I was walking with God. They only knew the Matt in that six, seven year gap where I was really living a life far from him, like far. And the crazy part is I had already come to know God back like 20, 20 years ago. And then six years later, I just walked away from everything. Uh, nope, nine years later, sorry. Nine years later, I walked away from everything, just completely. And I knew, but here's the thing. I'd made a conscious choice to not be willing to accept what I knew already. And we do that every day now. And some of us, 
are looking, we're looking in a world of chaos and we're looking for hope and we're going, why, where, where's the hope? Where's the love? Where's God? If God exists, why is the world such a mess? If God exists, why is there homelessness? If God exists, why are people being killed in Afghanistan? If God exists, why are preachers uh, molesting people and, and priests doing this and that? And if God exists, why, if Jesus is all about love, why do I hear pastors talking about nothing but politics? People have those questions. And sometimes we tend to associate the human failures with God's perfection. And we think, well, because people who are trying to follow God are failing, then none of it can be real. And you have the freedom to choose that. But Jesus points out something powerful here. He says, you also have the freedom to choose to have hope and to believe that what the scriptures say are true. And that's what he's saying to them then. And I think that's what we're supposed to learn from it now. He says, for if you're willing to accept it, he's Elijah who is to come, which then by default is Jesus' way of saying, which means you know who I am that's talking to you right now. And he said, I am who I am, <laughs> like God says, right? But then Jesus says the last thing, and I wanted you to see it in the text before we wrap it up. He says, let anyone who has ears listen, right? Or other translations say here, right? We've heard it. He who has ears, let him hear. Let anyone who has ears listen. Now, oh, 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 gosh, I pulled these up for a reason. I want to show you something in the Greek lexicon um, here. And the lexicon just like takes the Greek into English and all that stuff from Strong's. But there are a couple of words here, the willing and accept, okay? If you are willing to accept, if you're willing to accept it, John himself is the Elijah who must come. So, if you're willing means to wish. So if you want this to be true, okay, if you're willing, if you wish for this, if you want for this, then he says to accept, to receive this, okay? So Jesus said, if you're willing, if you wish for this, and there's like word studies, you can go to Bible Hub, dig in deep on this stuff, but basically saying, if you desire this, if this is what you want, I love Google Chrome, not really, then again, and you're willing to receive it. So if you want to welcome this thought process in, then this is him. This is the Elijah to come. It's very important because to look back at what the Greek words meant when this was written, um, and some argue that it was Matthew talking to Jewish believers, so he probably wrote it in Hebrew, and then it was translated to Greek and then English, but that's a whole different thing. But Jesus points out very much so, like your thalete and daxa thai, I don't even know how to say this word. He's basically saying, if this is what you want to believe, if you're if you're open to believing this, if you if you're if you've been hoping for the Messiah to come, if you've been hoping and you've been hoping that you would see the prophet, the the Elijah to come that would prophesy Messiah, this is the guy. But then let anyone who has ears listen. You've heard he who has ears let him hear. Perhaps when Jesus says that, he's saying, because we all have ears <laughs> and they work for most of us. Not every some people are deaf, but we all have ears. And Jesus is saying, if you have ears, like, are you really listening to what I'm saying here? He's saying, are you really listening to what I'm saying here? You've hoped for this. Are, are you receiving who John is? And if so, then you see who I am. Are you really listening to what I'm telling you? My friends, I want to challenge you. Are we really listening 
to what Jesus is telling us? Are we listening to the scriptures? Now, this is a Bible study that I do, but that doesn't mean I do it all right. Who knows? Maybe a year from now, I will read and study something else and come back and say, hey, man, on September 28th of 2021, I did this study, but uh, now I've got this perspective shift, this paradigm shift because of something else that's been discovered in the, in the, in the scriptures that's been found. And maybe that, maybe that will happen. See, here's the beautiful thing about the Bible. There's two ways we can read it. We can read the Bible looking for ways to reinforce what we already want and the narrative we want. Or we can like, so we can read the Bible trying to use it to, sh to, to, to bring what we want to life. Or we can read the scriptures in the hope that God will shape us and speak to our heart and, 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 and look for us to be shaped in a different and new way. Now, sometimes the things that we read are reinforcement of what's good and true and faithful and kind. But there's two things that Jesus said were the most important commandments. Love God, love others. And right now in a time, I, I know, I know, I mean, I've got... I've got kids, I've got friends who just struggle with church. I, I remember I took my son with me. I used to cough at. My oldest son uh, and his wife went with me to a Sikh night at um, my old church. Beautiful church, beautiful worship, great heart for God. But a guy got up and he he really, he, he chose a poor set of words um, when he was talking about some things going on in downtown Kalamazoo. And instead of just choosing to identify the, the things that were going on, he used the words, uh, we have to fight against this liberal agenda. Now, don't get triggered by that. Please ride this out with me for a minute. When he used those words, my son loves God and uh, believes a lot of things that go along with that, which would be considered very conservative. But when we use words like the Republicans, Democrats, conservatives, and liberals, when we do stuff like that, we're, we're creating separation. Right, we're saying group A, group B, group A, group B, kind of like when we say uh, Christians, Jews. It's funny the Hebrew people didn't call themselves Jews. It's kind of like our anti-Semitism being brought into like English language. We keep creating divides, right? We got 38,000 denominations in the world. There are all these divisive terms, and and sadly, right now, um, I have friends and family who who won't walk in a church because they go online and they see all the pastors focusing on is. We got to fight the government. We got to fight the mandates. We got to fight this and fight that. Hey, man, if, if that's what you believe, believe it. If you don't believe in something, okay. But when we're trying to help people know Jesus, we need to point at what Jesus really taught, really said, really did. Right? And so it can be challenging. We have to remember, just like somebody walking into a Bible study, walking into a connect group, walking into a church, they're coming in with expectations of preconceived notions. And sadly today, a lot of people are walking in going, uh, it's been my experience that words said in church hurt me, and so I'm probably gonna get hurt again. But church should be the place that people don't get hurt. Interacting with somebody who's following Jesus should be an experience where somebody shows you love and mercy and grace. See, none of us are perfect. I got ordained and was teaching youth and preaching on Sundays when my pastor was gone. And I still walked away knowing what I knew and walked away hard and fell hard. So I'm going to be the last guy to try and judge somebody, including religious leaders. As we read yesterday, even as Jesus lit into some of the religious leaders who were putting a heavy yoke and trying to pressure people into doing their things. And by the way, those same religious leaders, 
were the same ones teaching that when the Messiah came, he was going to come like a warrior and take down Rome. Does that sound familiar? We think of America, I mean, gosh, we're probably the closest thing to Rome now, if we were honest about it. And I love America. I love the freedoms I have here. I love, I mean, I'm talking to you guys all over from the comfort of my office, right? Uh, I love our country. I love the freedom that comes with it. We're very similar to Rome though. And, and as Jesus was preaching back then, the, the rabbis that were preaching that the Messiah is coming and you know be, be ready for him, they preached that he was gonna come take down the government. It's sad to me, but it sounds a lot like what I hear from a lot of churches today, right? We need to stand up, we need to fight. I just have a feeling if Jesus was here today, that wouldn't be the message he was preaching. Because if we only have a limited amount of time, what do you think is going to leave a bigger impact? Stand up, fight, fight the mandates, the religious exemptions, or, hey, yeah, it's okay to reject that stuff, but let's focus on helping as many people as possible know the love of God. Because we don't know when this world comes to an end. We don't know. For me, the world could end, right? Like I could drop dead while we're doing this live stream. Please, God, no. But it could happen. What do you want the last thing that you're known for? As somebody who's following Jesus, what do you want to be remembered for? Your ability to fight or your ability to trust God to do the fighting for you and being known for living out the mission God gave you that Jesus commissioned you to, which is to make disciples. See, we need to help other people learn. Jesus loved you enough to give it all up. And he did that because God loves you enough. From the very beginning, God created us for a relationship with him because he loved. He created us so he could love us. I hear people say, God created us just to love him. That would be a selfish God, wouldn't it? But we don't have a selfish God because he gave it all up for us. So God created us so that he could love us. And all he wants in return is us to love him back. But even if we don't, it doesn't stop him from loving us. It doesn't stop him from loving you. Listen, maybe you jumped on this by accident. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe the version of Jesus you've heard has all been condemnation. Just so you know, Jesus' own words, I didn't come to condemn. Those are his words. I'm just quoting them. So if you don't know Jesus, here's the deal. If there's no magic thing you say that all of a sudden you got saved, Jesus getting nailed to a piece of wood after getting the flesh ripped off his back, giving up his life and then coming back to life, that's when your salvation happened. The scriptures talk about it. Even when we were enemies, he saved us. But the question is, once you know that, how are you going to live? You want the Holy Spirit? You want to experience the Holy Spirit in your life? Make the choice to live for Jesus. Make the choice to respond to what he did for you. And yes, you can say that prayer, right? God, I, I'm sorry for the, the years I turned away from you. I'm sorry for the, the years that I was living apart from you. And I accept that Jesus died for me. And I want to know your love. And I want your Holy Spirit. Come into me, God. Forgive me for my sins and help me to know you. And that's a good prayer to say. Just so you know, God's love isn't predicated on you saying that prayer. But that prayer is a great way to make that commitment to say, now I get it, God. Now I realize what you did and I want this. Oh, I love this song. Andy Wilson just came out of the background on our HomePod saying that, uh, let me tell you about my Jesus song. It's a great song. Anyways, listen, I love you guys. I appreciate you tuning in for these Bible studies with me. And I want to encourage and challenge you. Go out there and love somebody today. Jesus said his yoke is easy as burden is light. It is still a burden. 
There's still a burden. And we do have freedom in America, but stop using your freedom as a freedom to fight and a freedom to condemn and a freedom to hate. Because you also have the freedom to love. You also have the freedom to show grace. You have the freedom to show mercy. And you have the free, you have the freedom to do whatever you want. Let me encourage you, use your freedom to try and live like Jesus, please. Thanks for tuning in. Reminder, please help a brother out. Subscribe at youtube.com slash Jesus way. Please head on over here, show some love, drop your email and be salt and light dot church. Uh, and I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give away one of my books. Uh, I'm going to give away one of my, uh, 40 day, uh, man up playbooks. Uh, so go register to find out more here and I'll tell you what, I'm going to give away some of those books. I'm just going to do it randomly. So you go drop your email address here to learn more and you might just find yourself a book in the mail because I'll email you back and say, Hey, what's your address? Uh, so if you register for this, uh, that'd be great. Also, we can go to be saltandlight.church. If there's anything that Dara and I can be praying for you for, we will. Seriously, we take those seriously. You can either email me or you can just drop a prayer request right at besaltandlight.church. We would love to pray for you. Last but certainly not least, we're in the age of technology. You can get the Bible on the Bible app on your phone uh, and that would be great. But if you're like, I'd really like a Bible. I'd really like a, you know, a, a physical Bible. We'll buy you one. If you live in the States, uh, you know, we'll, we'll ship it to you. We'll just go on Amazon. We'll buy you one that's a, a good, good one to read. Um, you know, with some study notes and whatnot in it. We'll, we'll buy you one and shoot it over to you. Absolutely free. Uh, if you want that, send an email to Matt at besaltandlight.church with your name and your address, and Daryl and I will buy and ship you a Bible. No strings attached. It's not going to make us like check on you and be like, are you reading your Bible? Uh, listen, we trust that if you're seeking God, you're going to find him. So if you want one, boop, boop, drop an email. Uh, that's it. Thanks for watching. Appreciate you. I love you guys. And uh, last request, please share this out with somebody else, okay? Uh, hopefully it'll make a difference in their life too. Uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow morning, somewhere around the same time. And if you, by the way, want to be notified, just make sure you're like, if you're watching on um, YouTube or Facebook, uh, set your notifications. Set me as a favorite so you get notified when I share this stuff. Thanks. See you tomorrow.